What's going on, my friends? Welcome back to the What If Project podcast, and happy birthday. Happy birthday to the What If Project. My name is Glenn. I'm your host, and this is episode number 219. And I say happy birthday because four years ago, right around this time, whatever whatever date uh, was the last Monday in August, four years ago, uh, this podcast went live into the world, and uh, yeah, it's been a, it's been a great great time. We have an episode today. We have a conversation um, on on deck, but I just wanted to spend a couple minutes just reflecting on these last four years. I have no notes in front of me, nothing that I really had planned to say. I just wanted to kind of flip on the mic. I have a cup of coffee here and I'm just sitting here and I'm just thinking. I'm looking at all these books around my office and I'm a book guy. I'm a book, I'm a book nerd. Uh, you know, I went to seminary, Bible college, all the things and I have the, I have a collection of books but my collection of books has grown substantially over the last four years because uh, I've talked to a lot of authors, a lot of scholars, a lot of teachers, and uh, I've got a lot of their books. Some of them they sent me in the mail. Uh, a lot of them I bought on my own. Uh, my mom, who's very supportive, has bought uh, a lot of books for me. And I look at all these books, I'm just like, wow, like I've talked to so many amazing people. I went to the bookstore the other day and was strolling through the uh, religion slash philosophy slash we don't know what to do with these books <laughs> aisle in the store. And I was looking, I was, I was finding, I was just like browsing through these books. I'm like, oh, it's crazy. Like I've talked to this person. I've talked to that person. I've talked. I mean, it's like, it's so cool to be able to look at all these you know, these, these books on the shelves and know that like I have their emails in my contact list or their phone numbers or whatever. And it's just, it's just wild to me. Like, I just feel so grateful and so thankful that I've had this opportunity. And I didn't think that this is really, I've said this before, but I really didn't think this podcast was going to last for like a super long time. Like I thought maybe a couple months, a few months, I started in August. So I thought like maybe by like Christmas time, you know, I'd either run out of things to talk to or people would hate me so much that I would just give up and not and go do something else. But, uh, you know, I've thought about doing that a couple of times, but I've had so much fun and I feel like I've learned a lot. I feel like I've grown a lot as a human, uh, as a follower of Jesus, as a result, as a as a husband and and a father and a son and a friend. I feel like I feel like I'm an all around better person than I was. Uh, four years ago because of this podcast, not just because of the people I've talked to on the show, but because of so many of you, uh, you, <laughs> I've become friends with so many of you. Uh, I haven't met most of you like in person, but we've met virtually over Facebook or uh, Messenger or Patreon or email or comment section in the blog or whatever. Uh, Substack, we've we've interacted in some way, shape, or form, and so many of you have been such a huge source of encouragement to me on this journey. And you you've gone out of your way to reach out to me to tell me that you appreciate my work, uh, to tell me to keep going. And I can't tell you how many times like one of you have reached out to me, literally at a time when I was toying with, 
I don't know if I want to do this anymore. <laughs> not not because I don't enjoy it, but because sometimes the sometimes the the, the pushback I might get, or uh, sometimes the the lack of appreciation that can be felt, you know, because there's been times where people have this idea, you know, that it's like it's just a you know, it's just a stupid podcast that you do. Like you tell people like, well, what do you, what do you do for work? I'm like, well, one of the biggest things I do is this podcast, and they kind of like you know it's. You can you can sense the internal eye roll that there's a podcast, but people don't realize like the amount of work and effort, and uh, heart and soul that goes into a project like this. It's a lot, and so so many of you have reached out to me at like a pivotal point when I was thinking about maybe I'll just go do something else, or maybe I'll just write stuff, or I don't know. But the the, the message comes in at the right time, and it's just a, a huge source of encouragement to me. And I just can't thank you. I can't thank you enough for your friendship, for your love, for your encouragement. It's been wonderful. And uh, yeah, I'm excited. I, you know, we have a really, we're going into year five now of the podcast. And we have a lot of, of a lot of conversations lined up. We have Bart Ehrman coming back on again. Uh, Elaine Pagel is coming back on again. Uh, the Holistic Psychologist is on deck. If you go to Instagram and search her, she's got... 5.4 million followers and she's coming on the podcast like I never thought in, in, in the world. <laughs> I reached out to her like on a whim and uh, we went back and forth for like a year, me and her assistant. And her assistant said, you know, she's writing a book, try again, writing a book, try again, try again. And here we are like a year later. I was like, this is the last time I'm going to try. <laughs> and I, I reached out and she said, yes, she's finally able to do it. And I was like, wow, this is going to be incredible. Like I'm so grateful. So I'm so excited. We have a lot of great conversations coming up. Uh, in January, we're doing a whole series with Thomas Ord. Uh, he, he wrote the book, God Can't. He's coming on to talk to us about uh, kind of God Can't theology and looking at different topics like uh, angels and demons and uh, the Bible and LGBTQ kind of through this lens of the God Can't theology, open and relational theology is what it's called. But I'm super excited uh, about that. We just have a lot of fun things coming up. So who knows what wild things will happen <laughs> in the next year, but uh, I'm here for it and I'm excited. But a big thing I want to mention really quick is that Patreon is changing. Uh, Patreon. So if you are a Patreon supporter, uh, you probably already know this. If not, listen up. Uh, if you're thinking about supporting on Patreon, uh, listen up. But in the past, what I've done is I've had different tiers. Every tier gets a different reward. Uh, the higher you give, the more you give, the, the the greater, the cooler your reward is, right? So in the past, like $3 a month got you a, a blog post early. Uh, $7 a month was a podcast episode early, once a month. Uh, $12 a month was entrance into our Marco Polo group. And, you know, the things went up from there. Uh, but now what I'm doing is I'm making all the tiers be the same reward, and instead of the tiers being about content, it's about community. Because I've had a lot of people say, like, more content is fantastic. But, like, I've got more content to chew on than I know what to do with. <laughs> and so, like, having more content almost feels overwhelming. And people have said what I need is kind of a, a place, a group of people where I can process through the content that I already have on my plate. Like, I need friends on this journey. I need friends in the desert. I need friends out here in the middle of the ocean and the wilderness. I need people who are thinking like I'm thinking. And so that's what Patreon's gonna be. Uh, no matter what you give, $3 a month, $100 a month, whatever, 
you get entrance to this community. And the community is basically a Discord chat group. Uh, Discord is an app you can download on your phone. And it's just uh, almost like a messaging app. And we'll just be of a group in there. And everyone who's a Patreon supporter will be invited. And it's a place to go and ask questions, to share your ideas. You can share photos. You can talk about your family, your life, books you're reading, whatever. Everything goes. It's just a place to kind of become closer, to become friends, to meet people uh, on this journey. Uh, we're also going to have a book club that's going to meet probably once a quarter. We'll do a different book together. And we'll have kind of a couple Zoom sessions where we can kind of meet to debrief uh, different parts of the book. And then an ending debrief over Zoom where we'll try to get the author to come on um, and talk to us as well about the book and field our questions. So it's kind of another avenue for community just to kind of process through different uh, information or ideas together. And we're going to have uh, also like monthly or maybe bi-monthly Zoom hangouts where we just turn on Zoom and we just get together. Bring your favorite drink, bring your coffee, bring your beer, whatever. Uh, bring your cigar, whatever it is that you do to relax. Uh, bring it. And now we'll just get on Zoom and we'll just talk about life. Once in a while, there might be a predetermined topic, but most of the time, it's just going to be how are you, check in, come and go kind of as you please on Zoom, as you can be there, be there, and then leave and go on with your day or your night or whatever. Uh, times will vary because we have Patreon supporters in different countries as well, so we might do it uh, different time zones to try to get everybody in there, but that's coming. There's also opportunities for people to come on the podcast, so if you have a uh, a burning thing you want to talk about and you want to share, you want me to pick your brain about or whatever, you come on the show and we'll just talk about whatever it is. Maybe you're hung up on the atonement. Let's talk about the atonement. You're hung up on hell. Let's talk about hell, the Bible. You want to come on and share your story. Maybe you got a unique story. You want to share it. Come on the show and share it. We'll make an episode 200 and whatever with you and uh, we'll talk about it. So again, Patreon is just becoming a place to build community. Uh, to make friends. So again, anywhere from $3 a month to $100 or whatever, everybody gets the same reward. And once you're a Patreon supporter, you're always a Patreon supporter. Uh, so you can, you know, these tiers allow you to fluctuate. So maybe one month you can give more, another month less. You don't have to worry about losing some kind of reward if you change your tier. Uh, if you leave Patreon because maybe you hit hard times, you can't support anymore, fine. You're still part of the community. I'm not going to kick you out of the Discord group. Uh, you're still welcome to be part of the family and things like that. So we're really trying to build, we're trying to build a, a group. We're trying to build a community. We're trying to build uh, a support system for people to come in and feel supported in their in their journey. So I'm excited about it. Uh, Patreon.com slash what if project. Uh, all the tiers are up. Everything is ready to go. As I head over there and check it out. Uh, I would love for you to be part of this. I'd love for you to be part of this community. And even if you, you can't afford anything at all, uh, I get it. I've been there. Uh, let me know. Send me an email, whatifproject.net at gmail.com. Find me on Facebook, whatever. Message me, and I'm happy to let you in. I'm not going to not let people into the community because they can't afford it. But if you can, uh, the options are there. So today's episode, episode 219, is with Ellen Compton. I'm not going to give you too much of an intro because I've talked enough already. Uh, but she wrote a great book called Good Things Happen in the Dark, a candid manifesto for courageous authenticity. If you're in a place in your life that sucks and life is hard and it feels like the darkness is creeping in, uh, you're in the right place today, my friends. Episode number 219. I'll put all of Ellen's links in the show notes along with Patreon, Buy Me Coffee. Those are the two ways to support the show. Uh, Patreon, like we said already, is tier-based. Buy Me Coffee is like a one-time thing if you want to just shoot over a donation 
You can do that at buymeacoffee.com slash whatifproject. Links are in the show notes. So all that to say, my friends, I am done. I am done talking. Episode number 219. Happy birthday, What If Project. Four years old. Talk to you soon. Enjoy. Wish I had a mansion. Wish I was dressed up fancy. Wish I on a pot on go with the rainbow. Kind of time clancy. Wish I had no debt. Maybe then I can't flex. Go and hit a run, I'm a check. Wish I had no other sand, most beat, I'm a chest. Wishing for my people. Wish I had more better leaders. Have enough to make our own land. Name my own beach and we bring our own sand. Where we live is so bland. So much we're high on demand. Tiptoe around through and high lows. Feel like James Brown, love we go in here to dance. Let me talk. At the end of the day, we know who's at a fault. We got our hands up, ready for a box. Undisputed, got the own lock. Champion, go ahead, call the ambulance. So we said our own ambience. Dub TTG, train to go. Let's talk, no rambling. Hey, everybody, welcome back to the show. Today, we're sitting down with a new guest. Her name is Ellen Compton, and she wrote an incredible book called Good Things Happen in the Dark. And the subtitle is. Where is it? There it is, a candid manifesto for courageous authenticity. And so, Ellen, uh, welcome to the show. I've been really excited to talk with you. Thank you so much. Thank you. I'm really happy to be here. Thank you. So let me begin by saying, and I said this before we hit record, but let me say it for the masses to hear your book is amazing. And I think it's uh, so, so needed because really we live in this like this time where I think, especially for those of us who are raised in the church, a time where leaders and teachers can very often almost demonize the dark, right? Like the hard times, the difficult times, the scary times. And in this book, it's like, you're really redeeming the dark. You're, you're reframing it a little bit and you're showing us how, how good even necessary it is. So bravo. Well done. I love, I love it. Thank you. I'm so glad that that message is what was conveyed. (laughs) Yes. Came through loud and clear, even on the cover. (laughs) Yes. That's awesome. So I think we have, we have a lot of things that we're going to, we're going to talk about, but first I'd love to know a little bit more about about you, especially for our listeners who aren't familiar with you or your book or your work. Uh, tell us a little bit about Ellen Compton. Who are you and uh, what do you do? Okay. I, um, let me see. Goodness. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm Ellen Compton. I, I am a high school teacher. Um, I taught elementary for years, but then uh, moved to high school because realized I love the big kids. So I teach IB, interbaccalaureate French and history and that kind of thing. Wow. Uh, I'm also a yoga teacher. Mm-hmm which is uh, newish for me. Um, I'm a mom of two teenagers, two super spicy kids. My friend always teased me and say like, did you, th-? when I, when I'm sort of like, oh, my kids, like, you think you were going to have laid back children? Right. <laughs> like, oh, thank you. Yes. Thanks for the reminder. Yep. So, yeah, I have two amazing kids. Um, I've loved every age and stage. You know, they're always really hard parts and really great parts, but mm-hmm. yeah, teenagers are, teenagers are my thing. I love them. Yeah. Um, let me see. I'm, uh, so I'm a teacher, I'm mm-hmm. a writer, but I'm, I'm honestly like, I'm an Ellen of all trades. I, uh, I do. <laughs> an Ellen, I like that. <laughs> I'm an Ellen of all trades. I mean, I like, I mean, I played the trumpet. I was a worship leader for years and years and years. Um, like I, you know, I wrote a book. I yep. just did my yoga teacher training. Like I don't do any one thing like super awesome, but sure. I'm kind of okay at a lot of things. There you go. You so, spread yourself all over, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I don't want to be trapped. Don't try and trap me. I want to do all the things. That's right. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm a minister's kid. Um, lived in Southern California for the first number of years because my dad went to seminary there. Okay. And uh, yeah. And then we came back to Canada. And uh, so I grew up in a mainline church for a while, but then ended up 
in a vineyard church and other evangelical churches. Yeah. Um, I was a YWAMer. I don't know if anybody knows what that is. Like I, I did all the things. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. uh, yeah. And now, and now I, uh, now I don't go to church. <laughs> so, <laughs> Join the club. So there's my, there's my journey in a nutshell. But. That's right. It's so yeah. funny how that is. Like I, I, I said to my wife all the time, like if, you, if I were to go back like 10 years ago and tell my 10 year ago self what I'm doing now, I'd be like, no way. <laughs> no, no way. Like I haven't been to church in like, I don't know, maybe four or five years. Yeah. Same. And that's, that's my thing as well. It's been, it's been four and a half years. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's so funny how that works out. Vineyard, was your dad a, a minister in the Vineyard Church or did no, you just go to a Vineyard? He was a Vineyard. A vineyard. He was a Vineyard. <laughs> he was a Minion. <laughs> yeah, he was a bit of a Minion. No, my dad was in a, like a, a Protestant sort of um, okay. United Church. Um, but then my mom and siblings and I all ended up going to the Vineyard Church. So yeah, gotcha. that's where I was for most of my, my uh, Christian career. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> And then I ended up in a really big church, which is, you know, kind of a mega church by East Coast Canadian standards, um, where I led worship for a number of years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then and then one Sunday I was on stage and I was like, oh, my goodness, this is my last day. And uh, yeah, that was it. So it was a really strange. Mm-hmm. It was it was pretty strange to have gone to church at least once a week, more like three, four times a week. Yeah. My whole entire life. And then all of a sudden, you know, silence. It was sure. a weird it was a weird transition, but it's OK. Yeah. We've, we've survived yeah it's it. life goes on right there's light and there's life and community and great things out here in the middle of you know nowhere no, in, the, yeah, in the middle of the wilderness right? yeah <laughs> love it out here yeah it's so it's so great i feel like i have a whole lot of other questions now that just came to my mind so maybe we'll have to do a part two sure. of this conversation <laughs> here about your journey your exodus out of the church i'm, I'm really good with bunny trails so i'll, I'll try to uh, try not to do that i'll try to stay on track with you <laughs> uh no no worries so you open up your book uh with this really uh bold statement and i have it here on my screen you say I have been in great darkness. And then you say, actually, allow me to be more honest. I am in great darkness. And, and I love that because I've read so many books where the author's talking about hard times or dark times or whatever. And the author seems to be telling me about something that he or she has very little experience with. And you mm-hmm. as the reader, and you know this because you're, you're an author, but as a reader, like you can always tell if the author's talking from a place of wisdom that comes from like experience or a place of knowledge that comes from like, I know all these facts and figures and all this stuff. And there's a huge difference, I think. So I was wondering if you can maybe take us a little bit into uh, this darkness that you speak of in the opening pages of your book to kind of set the frame for for our conversation. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I think, um, I think for me, Mm -hmm. I mean, darkness to me is like that sort of helpless, hopeless, powerless, kind of feeling. Um, yep. I'm a super, super feeling person, super <laughs> overthinker. Yeah, um, me too. <laughs> so I like to I like to live in my head and in my heart and, you know, get all dark and twisty. Yeah. Um, and so for me, that's been a lifelong way of living. And I always mm. just thought a lot of it was personality. I just thought, well, this is how I made. And that part is true. Sure. Um, but then, you know, then as years went on, I started to realize, oh, I do, I do live with a little bit of anxiety. Um, nobody would ever even know because I'm, you know, I'm, I smile and I'm high functioning <laughs> and all of that. But yeah, everybody's got their stuff that nobody else can see. Mm-hmm. Um, and in that particular, I mean, most of those essays were written during a two to three year period that was particularly hard. 
Um, and it was, I mean, it was just like everything that I had ever believed to be true, everything that ever felt certain and safe, um, all of a sudden wasn't. Mm. Um, the, the plot line, the plot line was gone. The plot okay. line was like completely undergirded with this whole other story that I hadn't, I don't know if it, I just didn't see it before or experience it. I think it was probably always there, but, um, and all of a sudden I had to look at that and go, oh my word, like there's, <laughs> there's no certainty. What? Um, and to get, and yeah. And so, I mean, and that, that came in the form of um, my marriage at the time. It came in the form of um, work life stuff um, in terms of my faith, in terms of um, just major disappointment with organizational structures like the church, like my employer, like just different things that had happened that just made me all of a sudden think, wow, I don't, I've lost my faith in humanity. I used to think that people are ultimately good. And now I don't, I yeah. think that the world sucks and mm. everything sucks. And so for me, that was really, um, that was really the darkness. And it was this, yeah, it was a really, it was horrible because mm. I am probably a bit of an optimist, even though I am very, I'm, I'm joyful in my melancholy. I, I <laughs> still, I still feel joy. I still experience like the richness of life. And all of a sudden I thought, oh, wow. Okay. No, people suck. Institutions suck. The church sucks. My marriage sucks. Like it just, everything, yeah. everything was, um, yeah, not as they thought. And so it was very, um, yeah. And it's, it's too, it's those times too, when you don't know, you're like, is this, is this for good or for evil? You know, mm -hmm. when you used to sort of like question those sort sure. of like, oh, maybe this is like, maybe I'm being shaken down or maybe I'm being, and that, it's that, it's that sort of like visceral whiplash that you experience not knowing, like, is this, is this for good or, or is this going to kill me? Um, not like Job, is God alive? Yeah, exactly. God making exactly. a bet with the devil. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's back in a time too, when I very much did still live yep. um, in a black and white sort of like, it's this or it's this, is it that or that? And yeah. Um, and so, yeah, that darkness, that just shook that all down to yeah. a place where I realized, oh, guess what? There's all kinds of plot lines. Um, all things can coexist. Mm -hmm. You know, it, there's these, these very opposing forces can live in tension. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it was, uh, it, was, it was messy in my brain and in my heart and in my body. Um, mm -hmm. still, I'm still working it out, I think, particularly somatically. That's the way that I'm, that's, I'm figuring it out now, right? But sure. Yeah, yeah, that's the it's a lifelong stuff. journey. Yeah, it's a it's lifelong yeah. journey. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's you don't just go in the darkness and come out and everything is good, but it's kind of like Voila. you're in and out and you're just living in it all the time. Yeah. So would you call that like would, <laughs> would you call that then like your deconstruction for lack of a, a better word? Like is that your entrance into uh, thinking a lot of things or was it happening before? I don't, I don't think so. No. I think, you know, I'm not gonna lie. I mean, I know that that everybody's talking about deconstruction. I, I'm yep. not going to lie. I'm a little tired. I find it a little the tired. buzzword. <laughs> conversation. Yeah. Yep. I think for me, um, I was part of a church years ago where it was a conversation being had. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I feel like it was sort of like the whole asking questions and, and uh, pushing back and rethinking. I feel like that was happening a long time ago. Well, as I said, uh, I don't know if I said it on the podcast or before, but um, David Hayward is a good friend of mine and he was yeah. the pastor of the church at the time. So as you can imagine, if you oh, know okay. a naked pastor, yeah. um, you know, he was questioning a lot of things. And, sure. uh, and so as a, as a result, Interesting. those of us that knew him were having these conversations. So I know it's not a recent thing for me, um, but I think that, 
I was able to be, I think I was a bit of a maverick for a really mm -hmm. long time. I'm, I've always been the kind of person I could exist within the confines of a particular organizational structure and not necessarily adhere to all of its tenets, right? Yeah. I can be there and I can listen to what's being preached or taught and say, yes, yes, ooh, absolutely not. Okay, no, I could do that. Um, but it got to a place where um, I was part of a, quite a large church and I was leading worship and I was on stage a lot and on social media a lot. And, um, and then there were some things being sort of laid out that I just really did not agree with. And I didn't mm. want my face associated with it. I could no longer just be there and not not speak up and that's that's sort of when i when i left that yeah. was that looks like when i left the church but okay. i i mean really none of these none of these thoughts and questions and things that i've had um were are, are recent these are okay. things that i've thought and believe a long time interesting yeah. so that was kind of like bred into your spiritual dna and an yeah, earlier point yeah. like under yeah interesting yeah, for me it's like the opposite to do that like there was safety now but that was early on that was mm. bred into my spiritual dna early on but certainly yeah. wasn't appreciated in sure. <laughs> some of the environments that i found myself in yeah know? i think i was probably quite annoying because yeah. i would say doesn't seem to be a lot of women on that stage you know right. or you know i was that annoying person that's not diversity right, <laughs> yes. right. Yeah. yeah for me it was the opposite because for me i was the um, like the good evangelical soldier, you know, who just wanted mm -hmm. to stay in line and do all the things. And there might be things inside that made me feel like, I don't know about that, but I would silence that voice right away because like I had this dream and this goal of being, you know, a pastor and doing all these different things. Like I have to silence that questioning because that's yes. a lack of faith. And so for yep. me, you know, the questions were there, but it was like, shut up. Yeah. <laughs> you go away. Yeah. Sit down, make it, make it submit. Yeah. Exactly. No, I, and I would say that I, it's funny because I mm -hmm. probably looked like I was on a similar path. I mean, I ended up, I always thought I would be in full-time ministry or I would be a pastor's wife. Can you imagine me a pastor's wife? <laughs> a gong show. Right. Um, <laughs> first of all, I don't want to be the pastor's wife. I'll be the pastor. Thank you. Right. Uh, but um, <laughs> yeah, it, I really, like I, I really did. I bought in too, even though I still sort of maintained my inner uh, I don't know, integrity or inner knowing mm -hmm. about some things that I believed and didn't believe. I very much was, I was in, I was all in. I mean, I was yeah. going to be a missionary for a while. I was, but I think, um, I think in that world is where I, I started to realize, like started to ask those questions, like, wait a minute, in this country, they say the word water like this, mm -hmm. van, or they say agua, or in French, it's l'eau. In English, mm -hmm. it's water. Those are like, all describing the exact same thing, but, um, but we're, we, but they have different words. I'm like, how is that any different than God? Like I started yeah. to think about a lot of the words and the language that I use are simply by nature of the fact that I was born here. Sure. And guess what? Did I choose to be born here? No, yeah. I didn't choose it. Um, yeah. you know, and, and so this is the language that I use to describe something that probably there are a lot of other ways to describe it as well. And so I started having those kind of thoughts a lot, yeah. um, which, are sometimes a little bit unpopular or make people think that you're, you know, polytheist or I don't even know. You Heretic, know go ahead and say phosphate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for that compliment. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So the book is uh, like you said, the title is Good Things Happen in the Dark. And so I'm wondering if you think about like this particular dark place and the other dark places you've you've been in, in your life, like 
if you had to make a list of I don't know, top two, maybe three lessons that you learned in the dark that you wouldn't have learned in the lights or the easier, more happy times, like what would those things be? Yeah. Um, I think, I think, um, well, one of them I almost already mentioned that mm -hmm. like the dark kind of evaporated my certainty. Yeah. And at first that didn't feel good. Um, scary. Good at all. Yeah. It's scary. And it feels, it feels like the bottom drops out. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, but it actually, I think it's like, nothing has ever been certain. <laughs> like, <it's> just, <laughs> oh, now I just know. Right. Um, you know, the only thing that is certain is uncertainty. Um, mm. And so um, whether I was just blissfully ignorant before or I was being intentionally ignorant, I don't know. Um, but for me, it, it evaporated that sense of certainty. And that was that was really hard. Um, mm. And I'm really thankful for it. That was definitely um, one growth experience that I had. Mm -hmm. um, another Another way that I feel or another lesson, as you mm -hmm. said, is um, it is the whole dismantling of the dualistic thinking, or you know the um, I can't think of the binaries that we that we use all the time now, sure. like like dark and light, yeah. evil good, yeah. black white, sacred secular, mm -hmm. all those kinds of things. Um, it yeah that that was dismantled for me, and I just I think darkness is so often associated with all of those like difficulty, yeah. um, sin, evil. Mm -hmm. um, and all of a sudden I realized, oh, wow, no, there's so much that is beautiful and amazing in the dark. I mean, mm -hmm. some of the examples that I use in, in the book are things like fine art photography. You cannot develop beautiful photography in the light. It has yeah. to happen. It has to happen in the dark. Um, right. Gestation of humans and animals um, in the dark. Um, what else? I can't even think sleep. Yeah. You know, in order for melatonin or is that what, what am I trying to say? Yeah. Melatonin yeah. to produce naturally, mm -hmm. which mine doesn't always want to. <laughs> um, yeah. We need, we need the darkness. That is where mm -hmm. our bodies heal and, um, and regenerate and restore. There's just, yeah. there's so much richness that happens. Seeds, you know, seeds don't germinate or, or thrive laying on the surface in the hot sun. They have to be pushed down deep into the ground mm -hmm. in order to, to do their thing in order to fulfill their purpose. And so, yeah, I just started realizing, Hey, there's, there's actually a lot of good here and it's not this, um, scary thing under the bed or this, um, you know, the devil or, or like all of the, a lot of the things that I had avoided, or sure. um, I realized there was a lot of richness and, and um, depth and yeah, yeah, beauty. Yeah. Yeah. I can't remember if I read it in your book or if it was like a Richard Rohr book or something like that, but there was this thing I was reading where Thank you for just saying my name and Richard Rohr's name in the same sentence. There you go. You. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> he was saying something about like in, in science, they've discovered that there really is almost no such thing as dark. Like the, the darkness is made up of these tiny particles of light or something. I'm not explaining it at all correctly, but the, the bottom line was, <laughs> yeah, the bottom line was that there really is no such thing as dark because light literally is everywhere. Yes. It just looks dark to our eyes because we can't see what's really there. And what an amazing metaphor that is for where I find myself now yeah. in terms of my faith journey, right? Like if, you know what, there's, there's no real darkness, like light is everywhere. Right. God is all, yep. you know, God is not only in certain places or in certain faith traditions or certain, you know, if God is all, God is all. 
Yeah. And, um, and that, yeah, I actually had a really cool, sorry, this is just a really tiny bunny trail. Okay. Go for it. Um, <laughs> this actually happened just, um, uh, last week or the week before, I can't remember, um, in my yoga teacher training, don't get freaked out, everybody. It's, <laughs> it's all good. It. <laughs> um, but we were doing a mindfulness activity and, um, and in it, we were, you know, we were picturing walking in a field or something. And while I was doing this, and I'm already like, honestly, if I'd been born back in the days when they burned people at the stake, they probably would have burned me because <laughs> I'm just, I'm just a little bit, well, I just, I, I have always, I am just very spiritual. And sometimes right. my spirituality sounds a little witchy, but yeah. it's not, it's yeah. just, maybe it is, who cares? <laughs> um, but anyway, I, I had this, um, I had this sort of like picture in my mind and I saw this like perfect little white church really far off, mm. um, like a white steeple, little, you know, traditional looking white church. And, and I saw it far off. So it was small. And as I started walking toward it, um, it wasn't really getting any bigger. I was like, mm. what? Cause it was perspective wise. I thought, Oh, as I approach it, it's going to become bigger. It's going to, you know, balance out mm. with where I am. Um, but when I got to it, it was like knee height. Um, mm. And it was picture. I actually have a birdhouse that is a church, which is funny because it's still in my house. And mm. it's that's what it was when I when I got to it in my mind's eye, and I was standing next to it. And it was really small, and I, I um, I realized I could never. I I can't fit inside that. I'm too big for that. Mm. I don't fit there. But I sat down beside it, and I sort of was sitting with my arms wrapped around my knees, and I was just sitting there. And it was almost like I didn't feel a sense of contempt. Mm -hmm. just sat there beside it kind of in comfortable silence and realized we don't necessarily agree with one another but I didn't feel any um disgust or anger or anything like that and I realized you know what sure God God is in there too God can be in there a little bit um that that happens but guess what like I love it out here where God is this immense um like just this immense vast force that I I had no idea I only knew church God and I and I love outside of church god um yep. and i don't i don't know if that that probably sounds a little wacky i don't know no but, not yeah. at all I, th- I think that's so i think that's so important because you know we it's one of the things i try to emphasize on the podcast and i've gotten a lot from alexander shy i'm sure you have know, know of him but he's been a big um he's like a very mystical thinker and he's been somebody who's really helped me understand that idea of non-dualism and kind of everything yeah. is one and he has this big kind of this this saying he's kind of ingrained into me is that like everybody's welcome at the table like even people from our past tribes like my past evangelical tribe they're welcome to the table like the only person who's not welcome to the table at the time is the person who thinks that they're right and they're just going to shame everybody else at the table like we can all learn from each other and I think that (laughs) yeah like I think even like I always say like even if we can't see eye to eye we could still lock arms arm in arm and we can go forward together. I like that. I I think that's the huge thing. It reminds me of, um, I almost said Billy Joel. What I mean is Billy (laughs) Um, something like, I think that he said a long time ago that, um, something about, I think when we get to heaven, we're going to be surprised who we see there or something Mm -hmm. like that. And I've often for a long time have, I mean, it's not my, it's not new thinking since I no longer go to church. This is something I've believed for a long time, but that I think there are a lot of people who, um have very strong faith and very like um just committed to love Mm -hmm. who were it's probably all the same god and we Mm -hmm. might have different words kind of like i said before but we're going to realize oh like just because you're born in that nation this is how you do it but you actually have 
an understanding and an experience with true God, yeah, whatever or whoever that is. And, yeah. you know, I mean, my, um, a friend of mine was just telling me a story a couple of days ago, um, that, and it just, it just moved me so much. Um, he's a chef and one of the other chefs kind of had a moment in the kitchen, mm-hmm. um, just like sharing that he is quite ill with cancer and mm-hmm. these two women in the kitchen followed him out into the parking lot and they were so upset and they put their hands on him and they prayed for him um in arabic they just they just they prayed for him and they cried and they ministered to him and i was like huh that looks familiar that sounds kind of familiar <laughs> right and it's just it's just another instance of yeah maybe maybe we're talking about the same good god yeah yeah yeah, yeah that's really good you know thinking about like the things you're talking about like with the lessons that you you learned in the darkness. I think I was kind of reflecting while I was reading the book that I think one of the darkest times in my life was back in, it was like 2016. And my, my wife and I had a, had a miscarriage. And this is like one of the many things that opened up the door to, for lack of a better word, deconstruction, rethinking things, whatever. But I'll never forget like being in this, this dark place, feeling like life could not possibly be or get any worse. Like this is, this has to be the bottom. This has to be, this has to be it. You know, me and my wife were, we're sitting in the hospital uh, on the bed in the hallway. They didn't have any room for us in rooms. So we're out in the hallway when they give us the news and people like all around us, it was super awkward. And she was just like weeping and I was just holding her. I didn't know what to do. And then the, the physical pain that she was in for like weeks after that, it was, it was horrible. But as I look back on it, like all these years later, if I feel like if that didn't happen, like I'm not sure I would be doing the things I'm doing today, because really, like I said, I was trying to be that evangelical, that good evangelical soldier, even at that point. And it's that traumatic experience in our lives that made me realize that like, it's okay. It's even good to, to question God. It's, it's good to refuse the pat answers that people give and that the church often gives the pet answer of and we got this so many times that oh well god allowed this to happen for a reason yeah. we just need to trust <laughs> him and one day when we get to heaven we'll understand it all and you'll get you'll get to hold your baby you know like it's like the worst thing you could ever say to somebody but you know just learn yeah just learning that it's good to push back on those ideas it's good to push back on theology and doctrine that can hurt people that can be traumatic and I really needed something like that experience as terrible as it was to jumpstart my thinking and that approach to God in my own life because I feel like the work I'm doing today is really fueled by that experience all those years ago yeah it's true and there's something I always say like I like I like broken people (laughs) I like like people no that's I I like people who experience some pain and I don't mean that in a sort of sadomasochistic kind of right. way but it's but like there is a different and, and people who have walked it out well and asked the questions and processed and yeah. grieved and you know tilled it down into the soil and worked it out and um and not just spiritual bypassed it yeah. um but it's like i i love people who have experienced some pain because honestly there's a different quality to a person who has walked through hard things yeah. than than somebody <clears throat> like everybody and if you haven't yet you're going to go through hard things sorry to you know, blow the plot line here, right. but it's, like, it's just, it's going to happen. And if it yeah. hasn't yet, either it will, or it's happened and you haven't really looked it in the face. Right. Yeah. And you've just sort of glossed over it and, and have missed out probably on some really good growth. 
Um, yeah, nobody wants it. Nobody likes it. Like it's, it sucks. It's horrible. It's, it's disappointing. It's, it's just not what we want. And yet, and I'm not saying everything happens for a reason. Cause I think that's absolute bullshit too, but, um, sorry, am I allowed to say bullshit? Do it. Say it again. Bullshit. Um, yeah, I, I would never, subscribe to that manner of thinking and in the same time in the same in the same breath i would say i i like people who have experienced some pain it gets mm. rid of that smug like religious sort of uh certain yep i don't know demeanor that is just so repulsive yeah 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 i mean it makes you broken <laughs> yeah and you can have a deeper i feel like there's a deeper conversation there because now it's not just about bible verses it's not just about mm-hmm. well the bible says this like I can memorize a book fine, but yeah. like that doesn't often translate into the experiences that I had yeah. until you have those experiences yourself. And you ask those questions, you let those questions come in. You know, mm-hmm. I think there's a level of, of heart work there and soul work that doesn't get, doesn't get done. So, exactly. uh, but another question I had is uh, it, it's funny to me, not, not funny. It's, it's more sad, mm-hmm. but in all, in all of my Christian yeah. education, yeah. <laughs> like I went to, I went to private Christian school, uh, from the fourth. Oh, you're so grade. cute. You're one of those. I'm adorable. I know <laughs> Bible classes every day and chapel every Thursday with my little tie on and stuff, but I went to Bible college. You know, I went to seminary. I went to seminary again. I went to seminary like three times, uh, but it was very, very rare for me to ever hear a professor encourage me or a teacher encourage me to embrace the dark hmm. because more often than not, and I don't know if you had this experience like in the vineyard church, but the idea was you had to pray away the darkness. Like there would often be things like you have to take up your authority in Christ and yes. command the darkness to flee. In so Jesus you, name. Yeah. yeah. You need to invite the light to come in. You have to cast out the powers of darkness. Like we would take classes like called power encounter where we'd learn about the kingdom of darkness and how to deal with the darkness, all these different things. But it was almost assumed. I'm really good at casting out demons. Oh, I yeah. I like that's one of my Ellen of many. <laughs> same. <laughs> Whatever it is. Same, same here. I have a whole stack of books about how to good do it. So if anybody stuff. wants to know, Ellen yes. and I are your people. Authority. Yeah. We'll talk you to you. Exorcism, we got you. <laughs> we got it. And I even got some oil, some holy oil. Awesome. <laughs> Just splash it around. <laughs> But it was almost assumed that like the the dark or the hard times, they were all from the devil, you know, yeah. and any painful difficulty, any yeah. hurt, pain, wound, whatever, it, w- it was likely from him. And therefore you had to resist it at all costs. If it kept on coming, it was likely because you were doing something wrong, like you weren't praying enough or you weren't reading your Bible enough, whatever. And it's been my observation that like these, these, this, this typical perspective and it, you, I think it's very prevalent in the evangelical church where you, many of us come from, um, is, is all over the place there. So my, my two, que- two questions, number one is, why do you think that this particular like, branch of the church has such a disdain for the darkness? Because I, I know, and I'm sure you've, you've done your own reading and research, but like in the early early church like it wasn't always like that like there wasn't yeah. this disdain for darkness yeah. especially like in the celtic world and things like that but yeah. then secondly kind of going off of that what sort of impact do you think that that can have on a person's faith in their walk with god like having this disdain for darkness like what are they missing yeah. perhaps in the bigger spiritual picture if there's this aversion to things that are like the darkness yeah 
that's a big two big questions yeah you're gonna probably i'm i'm gonna i'm probably gonna forget the second question in about i'll remind you you might have to remind me again yeah um (laughs) yeah why does the evangelical church do that um i honestly i think it's honestly i think it's some of the reasons and i and i don't know that it's all churches do it but certainly many a lot of Um, I think that, yeah, I think it's, it's made to seem like you just said, I'm going to end up saying what you just said, but it's like, it's made to seem like any kind of darkness is a lack of faith or it's called a dark night of the soul. Yeah. Um, you know, it's the result of poor choices, yep. you know, and, the, and like things like complaint or brutal honesty um, are kind of like considered like an agreement with, sure. with enemy, the mm-hmm. enemy, you know, yep. the devil. Yeah. <laughs> um, and um and the re- but that's not that's not even scriptural like that's not even that's not even scriptural i mean lament um the psalms of david like i you know i i have a <laughs> i have a, a strange no i shouldn't say strange i uh my yeah my understanding of the bible has changed quite a lot in my, yep, in same. my life. yeah <laughs> where it's like you know this um i think yeah this was it god breathed yeah probably human mm. caught so mm. lots of room for error male curated with the council of Nicaea, um, you know, culturally time bound. Yes. Um, totally misinterpreted. Yes. So I just, I think there's a lot of good in there. And yet I just think there's a lot of, we have a a lot of issues. Um, but there are some things that I still really appreciate. And I still, I still love the Psalms of David because David Mm. was brutally honest. And that is a model for people to um, yeah, to say, you know what, this sucks. I hate them. Get them. Right. <laughs> Get them. Put them in a hole. Um, and I feel like that. There are people in my life that I despise, and that doesn't sound very nice, but it's true. I have I have times when I really just feel disgust and frustration and disappointment. And mm-hmm. um, but and then what always happens is, but then there's this turnaround where it says, but okay, this is but this is what I know. This is so there's we have models for that all through that nicely curated book. Yeah. Um I, let me think. Um, the other thing that mm-hmm. I think is really common, it's what we talked about already too, like the whole, um, I don't know if this is why they despise mm-hmm. um, the darkness, but certainly um, a result of the despise of the darkness mm-hmm. is like spiritual bypass, which I know is another sort of cliche word. It's another buzzword that we use now, but it's it's so, um, we just pray stuff away mm-hmm. in instead of sitting with this thing that it is actually really hard and really does suck. Yeah. Um, instead of sitting with it ourselves, instead of just being with our people and like crawling into their darkness with them and just saying, here's a glass of wine and some peanut butter cups. Yeah. Um, we have all these nice things that we say, um, yeah. like you just shared about, about losing a baby and, yeah. um, you know, like, and it, and it causes, we want people to just get over it quickly. Yeah. It's a spiritual bypass where we say, God, just remove this pain from me, you know, mm-hmm. Holy spirit, just heal them. Um, whatever it is, or I just give this to you. This is not my burden to carry. Well, guess what? You're a human and it is a little bit in order yeah. for it to move through you in order for you to actually assimilate and process and move this through you you do have to be in it um and i you know does does the divine or love sometimes miraculously remove pain and trauma yes Mm. sure um but mostly i don't think we're promised i don't we're definitely not promised freedom from pain and suffering um it's the opposite we're promised Mm. it going to yeah. happen and the promise is that we're not going to be alone in it that there's presence that there is um god with us whatever god means for any particular person and um 
but I honestly, I think the biggest reason, um, and this is going to sound really judgy, but since I'm already on that road today, I'm just going to say it. Rip. <laughs> yeah. I honestly think, um, the church is afraid of darkness because it's in the dark. Like we talked about earlier that we, that we do start asking questions yeah. that things evaporate yeah. that, um, that it's almost like, like it almost, I think, I don't know if you've ever been in a sensory deprivation tank, like a float mm. tank. Um, it's like, it's like this enforced darkness. It removes all of our sensory yeah. information yeah. and and we can all of a sudden see and hear and think and feel and experience in a way that is much more acute and much more alive and aware and so um i think that you know the darkness is where we ask questions where we get really honest where yeah. we uh where we put everything on the table where we sift and i think that kind of health and maturing uh is anxiety inducing for mm. organizational structures like churches yeah. right you don't want people to and i wouldn't say like i Goodness, I know lovely pastors, like mm-hmm. really nice people, um, and I and I know that the primary motivation would not be to control people. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, when you have a large group of people, whether it's a church, whether it's a classroom full of students, there is an element of control that happens because you need everybody moving in the same direction, yep. um, or you think you want everybody moving in the same direction. It's much yep. harder to manage when they're not. So yep. I think that the darkness makes people ask questions and and not behave and not comply um yeah and i think yeah compliance is super Mm. handy when you're trying to lead a group yeah even thinking back on my own days of being like a pastor and stuff like it's very easy to to kind of use the darkness to keep people coming back Uh right because if if you keep pointing out the darkness that is in people's lives you keep pointing out the darkness that there's there is out there in the world to struggle with and this is the place where you find the light it just it just automatically brings people back i mean it's very easy to use that topic to manipulate people even if you're doing it at a subconscious level like you don't mean to do it like i'm intending to be this manipulative cult leader (laughs) but it's very easy to do that uh when when using the darkness i also think when listening to you that it's almost like i think as as I think as church people, we really like to have a common enemy. And I think like, even if you look back, like on the stories of Jesus, like, you know, Jesus was crucified and he became the common enemy of a lot of people. And it was very easy to kind of rally the troops around him, so to speak, and crucify him. And we like that. And I think that it becomes very easy to do that. Like with the topic of the devil and demons and darkness, there's this common enemy that we all share. So let's rally the troops around it. And let's make almost make that our focus, uh, fighting that off. Yeah, let's just (laughs) fight off that thing as opposed to living for the the being of Christ that we have over here. Yeah, something you said a second ago made me think of. um, Gosh, I'm feeling so biblical today. Um, Preach. (laughs) Not really. Is your pulpit? (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Um, But it made me think of the way that, yeah, that, that churches can use or religious organizations can use um, the fear yeah. of what's out there. And like you say, all the common enemies and, yeah. and the world and all of that can use that in a way to make people need, um, need the church. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking um, big C, like mm-hmm. structural sure, the system, people, the system. Yeah, yeah. Not, not the church as, as it probably was intended to be. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it reminds me of like, perhaps we need another tearing of the veil. Like how, how different is that than 
um, than you know, people who were not allowed to read scriptures on their own or we're not allowed to actually go before god we needed sure. we needed somebody to go on our behalf until that was torn yeah. but somehow we seem to have sort of stitched that little curtain back up and <laughs> you know and now we need we need somebody else to tell us how to how to be okay or how to be safe or how yeah. to how to be a good human um i don't yeah. know and maybe and you know what it's there's maybe there's maybe some room for that right like there's yeah. maybe this whole maybe another word for deconstruction could be um, growth. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I think about like evolution, which also I'm just going to use all the things that are going to freak out anybody who's <laughs> That's really. It. Yeah. Nobody um, here's going to be freaked out. You're good. Good. Okay. Yeah. I'm really not sure who your audience is, so I'm a little bit. I'm a little They're too, just but. like us. <laughs> okay. Good. Okay. Good. Um, but I mean, think about like honestly, evolution. I mean, the anything that does not grow and change and evolve dies. Right. You can't. You can't get to a certain place and stay there it's if you're stagnant you're dying you're dying if you're not yeah. growing you're dying and so yeah. maybe deconstruction is not death and dismemberment maybe it's maybe it's evolution and moving forward maybe it's growth maybe it's just i do think it's just a latter part of this journey um yeah. and it doesn't and i think some people some people want to burn the church down you know but maybe maybe the church does have a role like i had yeah. i had a lot of really good teaching and you know, some really stupid stuff too, that messed me up, sure. and, you know, like made me think I was bad. And, um, but, but also some really good stuff. Yeah. And, uh, I have a deep sense of being loved by God. Yeah. You know, I, there's a lot of stuff that I can, and even though I'm not in the church, like that is something that I carry with me. Sure. And I, I, yeah, I am not afraid of God. I am not yeah. afraid of the divine. I'm not afraid of love. Like I am all out there. Like, this is, this is me. This is who I am. Um, total safety. Um, even though I've gone through phases in this last few years where I've been sort of like, you know what, I need you over there. I don't think I like you right now. I don't think I like how my life is turning out. And I just feel like I'm going to blame you right now. Yeah. That's not something I've ever done in my life, but, mm. um, but it was almost like in my saying, I don't really want you in my life right now. I mean, you're going to be over there. I was still having this conversation and I was still so very aware of presence. And it was like love or God or the divine, whatever was saying, cool. That's totally okay. That's, yeah. that's we're good. Yeah. I'll be right here. I'm here if you need me. Yeah. And, um, and just this. And so, yeah, it's just this whole God is all thing. Like the church maybe has a role yeah. um, at certain parts and certain journeys and certain um, phases of life, certain periods of growth. And then maybe, maybe that's where some people go to and that's their level of comfort and that's okay. Um, or they choose to stay and speak up from within there um, to make some, to make some change. Like that is absolutely valid for me. My path was, I can no longer align myself with this. Um, yeah. Me, me showing up in this environment is hurting a lot of people that I love because it yeah. looks like I think that, and I don't think that. Yeah. Um, and so I don't think there's a right and wrong way. If you want to go to church, go to church church you don't want to go to church don't go to church yeah. god is everywhere that's right yeah. that's right yeah, and i think i think you know going off of that i think another another thing that comes to mind that we we miss out on when we, when we have this aversion to the darkness is is I, I think we we have a more shallow sense of community when we're constantly trying to pray away the darkness because like i i can you said it before about like this that you know when when a bad situation happens everybody kind of rallies around to pray for this person. Let's pray away this darkness, pray away the thing. And you miss out on sitting with the person, like you said, eating the ice cream and the peanut butter 
on the couch <laughs> with the lights off watching Netflix. Yeah. And like you, you miss out That's- on that. And I think that it's those moments that build such strong bonds. Like I think about like our podcast, we have this community, um, kind of a virtual community around the podcast. And there's times where someone will hop in on Marco Polo or they'll hop in on a messenger and they'll just share something that's going on with their life. There's no pat answers of, you know, like, like you said before about it, it happens for a reason, blah, blah, blah. But it's yeah. just, wow, like, I'm really sorry this is happening to you. Yeah. I'm here. I'm yeah. here. And that's it. And then, and that like, it's those so moments. Yeah. Like those moments build such strong bonds that I feel like even though they're virtual right now, because that's what the podcast is, I feel like those bonds yeah. are stronger than any bonds I ever had in the church growing up where it was always about, Oh, let's, let's get, let's pray. Let's pray it out. Let's pray it away. Like, I feel like there was, there was, there was a lack of connection there that I feel like I, yeah. I didn't see then, but I can clearly see it now. Yeah. 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 And it's like, it's, it's prayer is just one part, you yeah. know, sure. Yeah. Pray, but sure. also shut up, just hang out and, and mix a drink. Yeah, you know, that's right. whatever you need to do, smoke a cigar, that's you it. know, like it's, it's part of, it's part of a healing offering, you know, yeah. but it's not the only thing. If it's that's the right. only thing, well, it's like everything in moderation, right? Like yep. I can't live on, yeah, are carrot sticks healthy? Yes, but I'm going to die if I only eat carrot sticks. Right. Like, <laughs> you can't only pray. You can't only, like sometimes you need gin, right. <laughs> you know, so sometimes you gotta mix it up literally right yes (laughs) literally that's awesome all right so last question for you um a lot of our listeners are are going through everybody's going through stuff but i've had people reach out and just kind of share their own darknesses with me over the last let's just say six months and so if, if one of those listeners was on the mic today i'm wondering what would you say to encourage them as they kind of navigate through their own darkness so maybe they're going through divorce maybe there's financial distress or they lost their job or maybe it's family turmoil that comes when someone is deconstructing and asking questions that the rest of the tribe doesn't appreciate i'm wondering what would you say to that person today if they were uh, on the mic listening with us yeah um i mean first of all i would say that sucks i'm so sorry it's really hard it's just really hard. Um, but I would also say like, you're not alone and you're not bad and you didn't do anything wrong. And it's not a lack of faith. It's not punishment. It's not bad luck. It's human. It's part of being a human. Um, and you know, I think like humans go through cycles and seasons, just like the earth does. Mm -hmm. I don't know why we think we would be any different, but we really do. And just because there are no leaves on your tree right now, doesn't mean your tree is dead. Um, um, sometimes we just need to wait. And the other right. thing, this is going to sound so uh, maybe not encouraging, but like, if you're in a great season right now, it's going to end. Mm. <laughs> and if you're in a really <laughs> hard alert. season, that's going to end too. Yeah. I always tell parents that like, if you're in a great spot with your kid right now, it's going to end, it's going to mm-hmm. get hard again, but guess what? It's going to get good again too. Yeah. Like that's just part of being a human in a, in a cyclical world. So like, if you are in a dark season, don't despair. It's not forever. Um, and the thing is people who don't experience dark seasons, like we talked about before, 
they're really, I think they're missing out on something. I love Brene Brown, um, yeah. like the whole world does right now, but it's like her, her main thing about, look, if you numb the hard stuff, you numb the good stuff is so true. We can't selectively numb what we want to feel and what we experience. Like if we do that, um, we end up not feeling anything and we just live really superficially and we miss out. And so yeah. when it is a hard time, just feel it, just, just, just breathe, just, okay. you know, um, one of the one of the images that came to me during my dark time too uh, which is actually in the book i forget what it's called something about waves i think oh yeah um, yeah but it's like this it's this um and i just i had this picture of just like being standing on a beach and like these and the waves are just coming and it was not a nice scene it wasn't like a sunny beautiful day on prince edward island hey world if you haven't been to prince edward island go there it's amazing <laughs> um and it's like these huge waves that come in and they're going to tumble you. They're just going to, they're going to grind your face into the sand. There's going to be sand in all of your crevasses. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's the kind, and it's like, there's nothing, there's nothing to be done. You're not going to, you can't, um, you can't outrun it. Yeah. Um, and so really you just have to stand and kind of brace yourself, like put your ground, ground yourself, ground your feet down into the ground and stand, let it crash. Yeah. And then it's going to recede it will recede and you'll still be standing. Um, I don't envy people who look like they're floating along the surface. I used to, mm -hmm. I used to think, gosh, why is like, why is their life look so easy? Why can't you I know do what? That, Nobody... right? <laughs> yeah. Why can't I be like that? Why do I have to feel everything so deeply? Why am I so sensitive? Like why, why do I have to lose babies? Why do I have to experience divorce and infidelity? Why do I have to experience, you know, whatever, like church stuff. And, um, but that, that, floating along the surface is a sad and meager existence too. Yeah. Um, it might look nice, but it's, it's really not, yeah. um, you know, and like I said, I've experienced a lot, just like everybody has, you know, grief, whatever, disappointment, all of it. Um, but somehow I've still, I still maintain that I'm not, I'm not a victim and I have been in phases of life when I felt victimized, but if you're there now, you're not a victim. Um, and another, another metaphor that really helped me, was and it's also I think it's briefly in the book it's just a small little part but it's like the difference between shit and manure mm -hmm. like those are this those are both excrement those are both yucky things right yeah. like they're they're there's a very they're both digested waste um the only difference between them is what we do with them and right. one of them you know you can let the shit just lay on the surface like we don't ask for it we don't want it I don't want somebody to shit on me um <laughs> but I can leave it there yeah. and I can look disgusting and stink and rot and or i'm sorry to be so graphic but or we can work it down into our soil um yeah. no matter what whether it was <laughs> whether we wanted it or we didn't we get to decide whether or not we're just going to let it happen or we're going to make it work for us and i almost feel like it's kind of like an f you i'm going to thrive i'm yeah. going to work this down into my soil and i'm going to become rich and fertile and i'm going to grow shit yeah. like i'm going to actually grow um, grow from this. And I'm a little bit stubborn in that kind of way. And I mean, some of it's just personality type and some of it's walking through lots of hard things. Um, and um, yeah, but I, I refuse to let, let it take me down. I want to. And so, um, yeah, that's what I would, that's what I would say to other people. Like if you're in, in an unknown territory, if you feel like you don't know where you are, like, it's okay. You're exactly where you need to be. That's right. um, there's a little just a tiny quote to end. Um, hang on, I wrote it down somewhere. Mm -hmm. um, this is by, I don't know the name of the person right now. Somebody. But 
Unknown. somebody. Known, but and I will. Not known. If us. you really want to know who it is, email this guy, and uh, and I'll make sure you find it. But it's like the feeling of not knowing allows one to step outside the bounds of convention and reach beyond the parameters of self that have been imposed by family, friends, society, and religion. It can be a very good thing and can help you find yourself. Cherish those moments of not knowing. It's often during those times that the greatest revelations occur. Trust that all is well. So, yeah. Right. That's right. Amen. Well, Ellen, we are just amen. about, yeah, amen. We're just about out of time, but this has been so much fun. Thank you so much yes, for taking the time to join me and talk to me about your amazing book. Love it. You're a great conversationalist. You're easy to chat with. Thank you. So are you. And where can people go to find you online? Where's the best place to connect with um, you and your work? And I all do your, have a website that I update about every 72 years or so. There you go. Like uh, everybody, <laughs> most people. Yes. <laughs> it's, um, it's ellencompton.com, but there are some other links there and um, just some things about the book. Um, I am on Facebook at Ellen Compton, uh, Instagram underscore Ellen Compton underscore. Um, I had to do that because apparently there were some other Ellen Comptons in the world. I don't know. Imposters. I thought it was the only straight out of, but <laughs> fake, fake ones. <laughs> that's right. Yes, that's, that's awesome. Right. <laughs> well, I'll put the links to that uh, stuff in the show notes and we'll do this again sometime soon. I would love that. Thank you so much. Excellent. Thank you. Wake up, get your morning started. Drinking daily coffee, got this money on my mind. The sun ain't always shining, but the brighter days ahead. It gonna get started, we can do what we wanna wake up. Wake up, wake up. get your morning started. Drinking daily coffee, got this money on my mind. The sun ain't always shining, but it's brighter days ahead. Wake up, wake up, wake up. Got myself to see the big picture. You not alone, I'm right there with ya. Trust me, get up. Guess I gotta be more stricter. Keep my head up, getting more slicker. I know, yeah. Gotta move my feet, put in the motion. I know that every door I walk up to is bound to open. Wish it all could be so easy, I insert a token. Hit that thing on both sides, if the size is broken. Move on, oven cooking, I be on the slow grind. Anything I put my mind up to, I bound to be mine. Best to get it by my way. Follow suit, don't fall the line. Hope you got it, hope you get it. Go and check the guidelines, yo. Wake up, get your morning started. Drinking daily coffee, got this money on my mind. The sun ain't always shining, but it's brighter days ahead. It's gonna get started, we can do what we wanna wake up. Wake up, get your morning started. Drinking daily coffee, got this money on my mind. The sun ain't always shining, but it's brighter days ahead. So I can see the sunrise Beauty all in the sky So really wipe all my cries Haven't felt this in a while Man, I can't even lie Living one day at a time Man, I'm just getting by Job is stressing me with all the nonsense Can't stop it Quitting, then I'm on my own terms Make a profit Making sure I'm counting every penny in my pocket Chessing ain't no checkers on my moves That's a promise just keep it real, bro, that's all that I know. Waking up at crack of dime, time not getting slow. Keep it moving, I'ma do the same, need a full growth. Before I blossom, gotta back up all my seeds on the low. Let's go. Yeah, keep it moving, I'ma do the same, need a full growth. Yeah. Before I blossom, gotta pack up all my seeds on the low. Let's go. Wake up, get your morning started. Drinking daily coffee, got this money on my mind.